Sometimes our emotions will get in the way. Sometimes our way of doing things will get in the way. The control is fine. The controller, it, listen, it wants to control the vehicle. It wants to tell it to go left, right, or whatever. But sometimes we allow life circumstances, the bumps in the road, turning over left and right and so forth, to stop us from allowing the controller to control us. You're now in tune to the Heaven Bound broadcast with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia. Now prepare to be empowered and equipped with the rich word of God. We are grateful to the Lord for revealing to us daily more and more about how our church theme for 2024 is coming to pass. Our theme for 2024 is Spirit-Led Saints. Comes from the book of Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. So we see as many as are led or guided by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God or believers who are maturing in the ways of God. Therefore, we need the Spirit of God to guide us daily. And he does that. The Spirit of God, if you will allow him, will guide you daily. He's shown us how to deal with situations and with circumstances. He's given us instructions on how to navigate through trouble, tribulations, as well as difficult times. But he's also shown us how to navigate through blessings, through benefits, and better times for our life. And I've learned you need his guidance through good and not so good times. You can't take good times for granted. You still need the Spirit of God to guide as well as direct you. And as believers, we need to operate in a manner that pleases Jesus. We need to function and think and act in ways that please the Lord. For the Bible has declared, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him or diligently seek him. The Lord should be able to see his character and his nature being established and growing in us the more that we hear and apply his written and revealed word. See, the Lord should be able to notice his character and his nature. He should be able to observe his character and his nature. He should be able to see his character and his nature in us the more we hear and apply his written and revealed word. So therefore, his written and revealed word teaches us how to consider matters, make sound decisions, and change how we see things from our perspective to his perspective. And as free moral agents, we need instructions on how to handle the blessings as well as the burdens of life. Now, and I mean instructions, I mean godly directions and godly orders on how to handle blessings as well as burdens. Because you can get directions, you can get orders, but they may not be from God. So therefore, you need godly instructions instructions. You need godly directions. You need godly orders on how to handle the blessings as well as the challenges in life. So therefore, God is doing that. He's given us godly instructions. He's given us godly directions, and he's doing it on a day-by-day basis. He's doing it every day. Every day, if you will allow him, he will continue to lead and to guide us into all truth. John 16 and 13 says this, how be it when the spirit of truth has come, he will lead and guide us into all truth. Therefore, it's important for us to keep in mind that being led by the spirit of God is a choice that we make every day. We must be willing to be guided by him no matter where he leads or where he directs. No matter where he leads or where he directs. See, in my opinion, it requires strength power, humility, and a yielded life 
to him to be led by him. And so I, I think it's necessary. In fact, I, I believe it's very essential that we need his strength, his power, his humility, and a yielded life to him in order to be led by him. Because I've learned over my time with God, God doesn't lead us to places that are always nice and calm. He'll lead us through some chaos days. He'll lead us through some wilderness days. He'll lead us through some days that, you know what, you say, well, God, is this really you? You'll think it's the devil because you you say, I I thought I was led here, and you don't really see the peace that passes all understanding. But God knows what he's doing when he leads you to this particular place and destination. Therefore, you can trust him and trust his process because you know you're going to be better and you're going to experience better before it's all said and done. Why, you know, Pastor Doss, because all things are working together for your good because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. And as a mature believer, I understand that being spirit led will require that I grow out of my comfort zone and be willing to move forward in him as we see here in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. So let's go to Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. I'm going to read it to you then talk a little bit more about it. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So we see here, and one point I want to make before I comment on it, is that he was led by the Spirit. So he was Spirit-led in the place that he was going. He was Spirit-led. See, I need to consistently mature in God's written and revealed word so that I can know his voice and recognize his way of doing things. So therefore, when he's going to lead me, I need to know his voice. I got to mature to the point. I've got to develop my spiritual ears. I must advance my learning in God's written and revealed word so that I may know his voice and recognize his way of doing things. So when I recognize it, I can be led by him. I can be led. I can be spirit-led when I mature to the point that I recognize his voice. And a stranger, I'm not going to follow. Therefore, our desire is to be spirit-led saints who operate in the power of the spirit. I'm going to function. I'm going to be controlled by the power of the spirit. Want to strive to be controlled by the spirit of God. Now, I want to go to my example for today. Uh, Mr. Harris, can you bring out your example for the day? I don't know if y'all remember or not, but remote control cars. Remote control cars used to be a thing back in the day. I, I couldn't afford one back then, but you know, hallelujah. I know a little bit about them. I know this. They come in all different shapes, forms, and sizes. You got the truck here. You notice how nice the truck is. And you know only Mr. Harris would have the wheels about this size right here. All right. Most people have regular size wheels, but of course we know how it is when we got a brother like this right here. You know, he's going to get the big wheels. And then he, you can have a car with regular size wheels or you can get some of them big spinners on it if you want to. You can have, them, you can have some, amen, that the doors open up and everything. You can have some, amen, that can do all kinds of fancy little things. But they're all different. They're made, I say all different, but they're made similar in some cases. Sometimes you can have this, this guard right here in the front because it, it helps when it bumps into things, especially when it is a remote control car. Because sometimes it'd be going fast and then you may not turn it quick enough and it'll bump into something. So you need something to guard the frame of the car. But anyway, the remote control car, can I see your remote control? See my brother. It's, the remote control is not, the controls are not in the car. They're actually controlled over here by the controller. The controller. And the controller has a mechanism that allows it to communicate with the vehicle. 
it communicates. Now, therefore, if the communication is broken, it can't communicate. It can't go right. It can't go left. And on the front here, I'm going to show this real quickly. There are buttons that tell it where, which way to go, as long as you know how to operate it, which way to go, fast, slow, right, left, or whatever. But the person who has this in their hands has the ability to control the vehicle. Now, the thing that I'm looking at, see, this thing is nice. It's, it's a nice uh, Harley-Davidson F-150. I thought that's a nice vehicle right there. That's a nice one. Some say, you know, I just see the remote control cars, and I used to look at them and say, I wish this was a big car. And, you know, a nice, a nice car. I used to have a little, I had little, little uh, excuse me, race cars. They didn't have no, no kind of, uh, no Thank you, thank you, my brother. Max, my things, you know. They, sometimes I get a little racetrack. The racetrack would last about two days. You know, they, they would put it together for you. Know they put it together. They'll make sure you had it for Christmas. But somebody had to put that thing down, y'all. You know, it had to, when it, once it got down, nobody put it back together again. But anyway, so you got this. You got this ratio. This particular vehicle will go wherever the controller wants it to go. All right. So long as there is functioning properly, as long as this communication, as long as it has power, it can go. Because I don't care how pretty it looks, if it has no power, if it has no, what we like to say, batteries. But I like to say power. Whatever your, your power source is, it needs a, a, it needs a power source. Now, y'all seeing what I'm looking at? Right, y'all seeing this rest so far right now? Now, thank you, my brother. Thank you for, give, give him a hand of praise for bringing his. Sometimes, though, it, it can be, everything can be right on the controller's end, but sometimes on the other end, the, the part can be missing or there could be trouble on the vehicle end. What do you mean by that, Pastor Dobbs? See, sometimes Listen, the controller can be working good, but something is going on with the vehicle. And so I don't care how good the batteries are, no good, I don't care how good the controller is, if the, if the device is not functioning like it should, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. See, sometimes if we do not allow the Spirit of God to control us, that could be a problem. For example, listen, the controller's working good. The controller know, it know, knows if it wants to go right, left, front, back, or whatever. But sometimes our flesh will get in the way. Sometimes our emotions will get in the way. Sometimes our way of doing things will get in the way. The controller's fine. The controller, it, listen, it wants to control the vehicle. It wants to tell it to go left, right, or whatever. But sometimes we allow life circumstances, the bumps in the road, turning over left and right and so forth, to stop us from allowing the controller to control us. And sometimes we think, hey, I know better than the controller. I know the controller can see a lot further than I can. I know the controller has no, knows where it wants to take me. But sometimes I just, it was, the controller want to go left, but I want to go right. That's, that's not functioning the way that it needs to function. But see, we need to be a controller that allows the Holy Spirit, we need to be a, a, a vehicle or a vessel that allows the controller to take us where it wants to go. Even though we may not like it, the controller may say, I'm going to take you to the mud. Boo, I don't want to go to the mud. No, you got to go where the controller tells you to go. Listen, I, I know you want to go in uh, all the nice paving areas and all that good stuff, but I need for you to go into the grass now. I need you to go through a little rough spot in your life. I need you to go through some stuff that ain't always pretty all the time. I need you to go through some stuff, amen, that may not make you feel pretty, may not sound good, may not act good. But if you go... I got a purpose for you. And we need to understand that the controller, when we allow the Holy Spirit to control us, it has a better function in the end. Has a better function in the end. And so we're all different in the sanctuary. Different ages, different backgrounds, different in our appearances, different in our experiences, but we have access to one controller, and that's Jesus Christ, if we choose to allow him to become the controller, influence, and guide in our lives. And before I go on any further here, let me say this. You can't allow somebody else to control you too now. 
You can't allow somebody else to control you too. You can't allow the enemy to control you and take you to places you ain't, you ain't got no business going. So, but God gives us a choice. He gives us a choice. He gives us a choice concerning salvation. Will we receive him as Lord and Savior or will we reject him? And we have the option of being saved and receive eternal life with him. All the alternative is to die and be eternally separated from him. He gives us choices to allow his deliverance, his protection, and his prosperity to operate in our lives on a day-by-day basis. Let me say this. You can listen, that controller can work good for about six months, but all of a sudden, because of the bumps and bruises of life, that sometimes they can have a little malfunction. But one thing about the Lord Jesus Christ, he knows how to fix every problem in our life. He knows how to correct it. Listen, he knows how to go in there. He listen, you ain't got to worry about the manual because God is the manual. Good God Almighty. Listen, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows how to fix every problem that comes up in your life. So in turn, you can have maximum productivity. You can have maximum productivity. See, when you have, sometimes we go through so many bumps, we don't realize we need healing mentally and physically. We need deliverance and all the things. Marriage is going away. Children are not acting right. But God knows how to fix every problem that comes up in your life. Why? Because he wants to give you maximum productivity. If, if the remote control car can go 50 miles an hour, he wants you to be able to go 50 miles an hour. If that remote control car can go 60 miles an hour, he wants you to go 60 miles an hour. And so therefore, as a child of God, God wants the, my maximum productivity. He wants me to be able to pray. He wants me to be able to give. He wants me to be able to witness. He wants me to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. He wants maximum productivity in my life. So what does he do? He gives me a word to get my functions operating properly. He gives me a word, so in turn, I'm thinking, talking, and acting more like him. So in turn, I can have maximum productivity. Therefore, God, as free moral agents, he gives us the option to receive his spirit and his nature dwelling within us. And to be filled with his spirit, refreshed by his spirit, is the access that we have, but it's also up to us to to desire Jesus to live in us. And we got the best example. Jesus, when he was on the earth, he gave us the best example. He loves us us enough to allow us to choose him, or you can choose the enemy as we talked earlier, or the flesh, but it is a choice. I want you to notice again in the first part of Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled. He was covered in every part. Listen, there was nothing missing, nothing lacking in Jesus' life. Now, Jesus, we know him as Jehovah is salvation, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, being filled with the Holy Spirit, our perfect example. When he was filled, he was fully covered. He lacked nothing. He was complete. See, we can expect when we are filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, well, it, we can expect his nature to cover and complete us, to permeate our thinking, talking, and actions. And see, when we're saturated, it is spread all throughout us. And so, therefore, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Bible tells us it's in Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. But even being filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says this, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Woo-wee. It wasn't the devil neither, y'all. It was the Spirit of God that led him into the wilderness. When, and see, that word led there is going to bring to a destination. It was the Spirit of God. He was Spirit-led, he was, but he was led to a destination. He was led to the wilderness. 
a solitary place, a lonely place. And I can imagine as Jesus was led to the wilderness, because you got to understand, he might, he might have left the city if we were led into the wilderness. wilderness. Can you imagine as you're led to the wilderness and you looking back, all your friends are back there in the city, but you led to the wilderness. Your, your cell phone back at the house, but you led to the wilderness. Your Wi-Fi is back at the house, but you led into the wilderness. Your resources are left back at the house, but you led into a solitary place. Listen, all your kinfolks, your mama and them, your daddy and them, your sister and them, are back in the city, but you're led into the wilderness. And can you imagine when Jesus was going into the wilderness, he could look back and the city was getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And you think about this. Sometimes when we led, led into the wilderness or into a solitude place, things that were in our life that looked big start to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Because why? We're led into the wilderness. And we can't say the devil led him to the wilderness because the Bible says he was full of the Holy Ghost. Not only was he filled with the Holy Spirit, he was led by the Spirit. He was, listen, he was directed and he was guided by the Spirit. He wasn't guided by, listen, by his flesh. He wasn't guided by his thinking. He wasn't guided by what we may think. Because, you know, some will say, you know, God, you want me to go to the wilderness? The wilderness. I mean, God, you want me to go to a land flowing with milk and honey? I can see that. I can see if you want me to go to a place that's nice and got everything I need. Yeah, I believe you led me there, God. But a solitude place, God. A place with no resources. And the more I can imagine as he went, the city got smaller and smaller. The family got smaller. The disciples got smaller and smaller. Listen, his family got smaller and smaller. His house got smaller and smaller. His resources got smaller and smaller. This thing that he had, listen, the natural things got smaller and smaller, but you got to understand, the more he went, the Spirit of God was still with him. Because when he went, he was still full of the Holy Ghost. He was still full of the Holy Spirit. And so when we're led into a wilderness place, God said, I never leave you nor forsake you. You got to understand the spirit of God is still with you when you go, to, when you're led to a solitude place. Listen, I don't care how it looks like when you go into a wilderness situation, a solitude place, you must understand that you still have the Holy Spirit with you. You still, and therefore you still need the Holy Spirit as you travel on this particular journey. He was led to a solitude place. And you know, when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes, amen, because nothing is missing, nothing is lacking. So really, he had what he needed to deal with the solitude place. And you need to understand that when you're spirit-led, you're going to have what you need. You may not have the natural things that you need, but you'll have the spiritual things that you need while you're going to this solitude place. And it may not be a place you necessarily want to go, but your spirit led, so you're happy to go. You're happy to go. Why? Because the spirit's leading you. See, if you're a spirit-led saint, this time to grow up now. You're a spirit-led saint, it's time to put on those, hey, hey, I'm spirit-led, so I got to be mature. I can't be crying. See, sometimes people start crying because they that resources are gone. What they see is gone. Listen, you got, you got, to, you got to grow up, y'all. We all got to grow up. Listen, oh, Lord, I see the, the thing I'm dependent upon is not there anymore. No, I've got to learn how to, listen, listen, put on those big boy spiritual pants and say, hey, God is still with me. I'm spirit-led. I'm not going because I'm, my choice is to go. It is his desire for me to go. So I line up with his desire, his way of doing things, his way of thinking, his way of talking, because why? I'm being led into the wilderness. See, the, the Holy Spirit comes to perfect us, matures, and calls our nature to reflect his nature. We're not flawless, but his nature in it, 
in us is clean up many of the character flaws. Can you imagine if you got any character flaws, they're going to show up, boy, when you start leaving. They're going to start showing up when you, oh, if God tell you to leave, so and so and so and so. No, if you got some character flaws, they're going to show up. Personal experience, I know. So sometimes when I don't have what I need, it show up in me. Thank y'all for the five amens. I pray for the rest of y'all in here. When I think I don't have what I need, God was just showing me, hey, who you dependent upon? You depend upon that check? You dependent upon that savings? You depend upon that retirement? Or you dependent upon me? Are you dependent upon a person? Are you dependent upon me? If the church is full or if it's who you dependent on? Who you dependent upon? Who are you dependent upon? See, that wilderness will show you who you dependent upon. It'll show you who, listen, oh, I, I, thought, I thought I had to have so-and-so in my life, but God will show you. He'll show you, oh, you thought you had to have this, that, and the other, but God will show you. Because why? You're leading to a solitude place. And the thing that was in your life has become smaller and smaller the further you go into the wilderness. It became smaller and smaller. You ever, you ever, I remember sometimes we go on vacation and we get to the ocean and we get ready to leave and I'm driving or she's driving. I look back at the ocean. That ocean was big when I was standing there putting my toes in the sand. That thing was big. Because, you know, back then you're like, whoo, that's a big old ocean, boy. I ain't walking across this. I don't know how Peter did it, but I, I ain't finna imitate Peter and walk across this water him. But you know what? The further you get away from it, it gets smaller and smaller. Sometimes when we're, you know, taking a flight and we go up in the air, and when you first get off the ground, boy, everything look big. But the higher you get up in the air, everything looks small. And like you could pick them out, big old, uh, 4,000, 5,000 square foot houses up, like you just boom, knock it over with your hand. It looks smaller and smaller the higher you go. So you understand that at the further you get away from what you consider, amen, your comfort zone, what you look at your resources, things are going to look, they're going to look smaller. But God just saying, grow up, son. You got to be a son of God. This is not gender related. This is you got to mature. You got to grow up and ask yourself, God, what am I truly dependent upon? Who am I truly dependent upon? What am I dependent on? Who am I dependent on? See, mom and daddy won't be able to rescue you from this wilderness. Your favorite uncle won't be able to cash up you some money. Your auntie won't be able to send you send groceries over to the house. Your wilderness is a place that will cause you to mature. And, and the question comes up, do I really trust God in that wilderness experience? If you're not saved, the wilderness will stir you up to get saved. And let's be honest, some of us can agree that when we make big moves, as long as I got a strong support system, that we can see, oh, you know, walking by. Do we walk by faith, not by sight? Or, and some decision you got to make, you got to make, hey, walking by faith. Make, walk, hey, we know you're walking by faith because you, when you can see it, you can figure it out, and you can put every, every point one, point two, point three. Oh, you're not walking by faith. You got it all figured out. Faith says this. Now, you always count the cost, but there's a point where you're going to say, hey, the Spirit of God lead me to do it. I'm, going to, I'm Spirit-led. I'm going to do what the Spirit of God's leading me to do. Because sometimes you got to give more based on what the Spirit of God's telling you to do. Yeah, you got to give more. You got to take that offering up to another level. Because why? The Spirit of God is saying, take that offering up to another level. Well, I can't figure it out because my budget has me this, that, and the other. And I ain't got but $22 left over from my budget. I was going to use that to do this, that, and the other. But God said, take that 22 plus another 50. And give it and sow it into my kingdom. This is not that you're tithes, but you're offering as well. 
And so he, he'll tell you that. Why? Because he says, do you really trust I can supply the need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus? Because not everything you do, you can be able to figure out. Not everything you say, not every formula you do, you will not be able to figure out. And God, let me say this to you. We have to be able to walk by faith and not by sight. Placing our confidence and trust in the character and nature of God rather than our current situation. Let's go, if you don't mind, Isaiah 55, verse 11. Isaiah 55, verse 11. Notice what the Bible says. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So shall my word, his word, the Lord's word, his written and revealed word, be that goes forth from my mouth shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish, it shall prosper, it shall prepare what I please, and it shall prosper and advance and make, make you successful in the thing for which it sent it. See, God's word is productive even in the wilderness the isolated places in life. His word works no matter if you're in the wilderness or in a place where you are totally together, where everybody's around you. His word prepares and produces in places that appear to be barren and not making progress. People seem to be not moving forward. Finance seem to be not moving forward, but God knows how to prosper in a wilderness situation. God knows how to prosper in a wilderness situation. Don't you never let your situation say that God can, is, God is on a high edis from prospering me. God can prosper you no matter where you at. No matter where you at and what situation you are in. See, I need God's word and his spirit even if it leads me to the wilderness. I know that I'm going to be prepared to advance in a greater way. I believe he's orchestrated and Miracles on our behalf, opening doors, creating jobs, setting up promotion and increase, business opportunities, and school, get A's on assignments. God is doing it for everybody. Why? So I can be productive. So God can use me to advance his kingdom. His character is working in me. So I can bring him his tithes and bring him a good offer. He needed a vessel. I'm the vessel God wants to use despite my current situation. See, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, covering every part by the Holy Spirit, but yet he was still led to the wilderness, a solitude place, a place where there were no disciples, friends, or family to go with him in the wilderness. It was a place of isolation. And sometimes we can be in the will of God and spirit-led and go to a place or be led to a place that is not so ideal. A place that God will reveal to us and others our spiritual maturity. How much of God's word do we know and apply in our lives? And the wilderness will test the word in you. It'll test the word in you. It'll see what's in you. And one thing I know about the wilderness, it'll test you to the point that you'll go back and study. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The wilderness experience in life can help us to solidify our relationship with Jesus. No longer coming to hear the word because of mama and daddy or because someone asked me to come. I'm coming to God's house seeking the word because I need life spoken to me in these dead situations. And I know that Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. I need a word that give me guidance and next steps. He said, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. He's given me a word. I come to God's house looking for a word that will calm my spirit so that I will know how to operate during so-called stressful times in my life. God will give you peace that passes all understanding, that will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. I need a word that will teach me how to trust God when these fi with financial matters. I want to see him in a greater way and how giving is changing my living. I need to see a God that says I will supply every need according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus and that God has more than enough. He's doing it seemingly, abundantly above anything we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in hell even as thy soul prospers. 
I need a word. See, the spirit-led means I align with God's word. I'm unified with God's word. I'm in harmony with God and his word and his way. Therefore, it takes the Holy Spirit to teach us how to operate in God's house and beyond this house. And see, life has a way of bringing opportunities, situations that require us to deal with loneliness, isolation, pride, fear, anger, slothfulness, lack, and such like. We can be in the midst of people and still feel alone. We can be with our family, but our family does not understand our desire to follow Jesus, our desire to know him better and experience better in our lives. Even in God's house, I can be in an auxiliary with a desire to follow the house vision wholeheartedly, but there's some people in my auxiliary who are slowful and have their own agenda. At times, it can even be a leader. So therefore, I want to operate as a spirit-led saint. Luke 4 and 2. Luke also tells us that after Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, Jesus was tempted for 40 days. It was saying that it was a 40 days straight, but does not change the fact that Jesus was spirit-led to be tempted. Woo! He was spirit-led to be tempted. I tell you, boy, isn't that something? Spirit-led to be tempted. Four, Luke 4 and 2. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. Tempted says this. He was trying his faith for 40 days. He was testing his virtue for 40 days. He was testing his character for 40 days. You know something I thought about? I'm glad don't give, God does not give us 40-day test. I'm so glad he don't give us 40-day test. I'm glad he's our perfect example. Because some of us do good for 40 minutes. Be real. Five people saying amen. The rest of y'all pray for the rest. I know Pastor, I can last four weeks. 40 days, y'all. Not a demon spirit, but the devil. Crafty. Manipulator. The master manipulator. You know he want, this was no joke, y'all. This was real. And see, when you're dealing with something like that, you need the spirit of God. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Listen, even 40 minutes, you need to be full of the Holy Ghost. 40 minutes, you need to be spirit-led. 40 minutes, four minutes. Four minutes, 40 seconds with the devil, you better be spirit-led and full of the Holy Ghost. Because some of us can't hardly... I'm about to go to that phone and say, what you looking at? Mm-hmm. Can I go to your history and say, mm-hmm. have you been good this week? Mm-hmm. See, and you want 40 minutes, 40 days with the devil? And you can't even have 40 minutes with your own phone? Thank God he doesn't give us 40 days with the devil. See, this is real right here, y'all. This is real because temptation is real. Temptation's real. I know some people say, well, you know what? I, 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 I'm, I'm super saint and I ain't got no problems and all that good stuff. But for the rest of us, temptation's real. Temptation's real. Therefore, we need a God greater than the temptation that comes against us. That's why he said, greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world. I need God to be great in me. I need God to be great in me. And we got to make him great. I got to make him great. But notice what he did. He, what he did for 40 days is this. Uh, he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended or finished or completed, he was hungry. A feeling or display for the need for food. See, temptation would come to entice us, lure, try to lure us in, try to, try to draw us into sin, to test our faith, our character, and our ability to make sound decisions that align with God's written and revealed word. We're going to be tempted. If you're on the earth long enough, you're going to be tempted. Now, it goes for seasons, because remember, this ended. So it's going to end in your life. It's going to be for a season. But you know what? That season is going to be real. 
That season going to be real. And let's see what you got to understand. The Spirit of God led him to be tempted by the devil. He was spirit-led, full of the Holy Ghost, but yet he was taken to a solitude place to be tempted. You're spirit-led. You're full of the Holy Spirit. And you don't think you're going to have to deal with life in your situation? It's real, y'all. You got to deal with somebody on your job. You got to deal with somebody in your family. You got to deal with somebody in your, in your business. And sometimes, let me tell you who the person you got to deal with, and you can't even cast him out. You. In the name of Jesus, get out. He's still there. He's still me, Richard. Yet the Richard is the one I got to deal with. I can shut the door. I ain't got to answer the phone, but I still got to deal with Richard. I got to deal with Richard. And so you got to deal with you. And, and let me say this. You need the spirit of God to deal with you. Mm, somebody should say amen right there. Now, let's notice the purpose of the devil. Notice the purpose of the devil. John 10, 10. And the purpose of God. John 10, 10 says this, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So the thief comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. God came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So we see the purpose of the devil when he came to tempt Jesus. He came to steal, he came to kill, he came to destroy. You may not deal with the devil directly. You may deal with his demon spirits, but they still have the same agenda. They come to steal. They come to kill. They come to destroy. Therefore, I pray that you choose life. Choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. You got to serve the living God who came to give us life and life more abundantly. We want that life, praise God. We want that life. Woo! Luke 4, 2 says this, being tempted by the devil 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. Afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. See, Jesus fasted. He put his flesh under subjection. See, fasting helps us to tell our flesh no. Our flesh is that part of us that's not under divine influence by God. Our flesh desires to rule and dominate our thinking, talking, and decision-making. Many times we blame the devil for our missteps when it's largely us. Being out of order, out of control, saying and doing things contrary to God and his word. See, fasting teaches us discipline and self-control. And many of us can agree that fasting has a way of helping us to think better spiritually, giving us clarity spiritually born to being tempted for 40 days by the devil 40 days that's a long time y'all 40 days I told y'all 40 minutes would be a long time for me 40 minutes Pastor Dow, shouldn't you be a better example that's why I got Jesus for my example you don't want me 40 days um, let me, let this, that's why I don't want you to play with the devil because when he comes at you, he ain't coming with no play stuff. He coming with something you like. Something going to get your flesh attention. Something's going to get that ungodly nature attention. So you got to understand, he's coming, he's coming, he ain't coming. Because he knows people. He's been around a long time, y'all. He's been around a long time. So now I want y'all to understand this. God will not put more on you than you can bear. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13 says this. No temptation has overtaken you except as common to man. I appreciate the fact there's no temptation, no trial, no desire has overtaken you or laid hold of you except as common or average or ordinary to man. I thank God he said man. So whatever I deal with, I know God got a way for me to escape. Got a way for me to escape. Now it's up to me to take the escape route. I can't, God will not make you take 
the escape route. Because why? You are a free moral agent. He is not going to force you to take the escape route. If the escape route is through this door right here, only one escape route, he did his job. He opened the door and said, this escape route. Now, if you led by me, go through the door. Go through the door. And then we can play all day long. I'm all right the way I am. Yeah, I go when I'm good and ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do when I'm good and ready. Yeah. No, he gave you an escape route. He a free moral agent. He will not make you go through it, but he will provide it. And when he provides it, take it. Don't be trying, listen, don't be like Lot's wife looking back. Ooh. Because looking will get you in trouble. I got five amen. The rest of y'all, y'all, y'all pray, pray for us, okay? Because looking will get you in trouble. Because you look too long. Some stuff come, come, come across my phone. I swipe quickly, boy. Thank y'all for the five amen. Be on, the rest of y'all pray for us, okay? Because it could be that you could look. Swipe, you try to bring it back down? No. Just keep going. You got to keep going. You got to keep going. Certain music I, I hear on my phone. Oh, what, what? I know what that is. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Why? Because it's trying to get you to violate God's law. It's trying to get you, entice you to sin. But God, he's faithful. God is trustworthy, can be relied on who will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able, but with the temptation also make the way of escape or way out or and see at the top of that screen, top up there, exit. God will give you an exit, but you got to take the exit. You know, when I opened that door, I didn't realize the exit sounds above me, but y'all see, the, y'all see the parallel, right? God tried to get some of my attention here. Hey, take that exit. Take that exit. Tell somebody, take that exit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to one last scripture in my closing. If, if any of y'all know it's going to be a part two. Two things I want to tell you in my closing. First John 1 9. First John 1 9. If you do mess up, if you do mess up, if you do mess up, I'm not saying you will. I'm just saying, just in case. First John 1 and 9. First John 1 9 is a powerful scripture that says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Notice the power of the Spirit at work in us. Our confession is if we confess or admit to or declare that we're guilty of what we've done to God. Those are sins. When we violate God's law, he is faithful. He is trustworthy. He can be relied upon. He's also, too, just approved by God, acceptable to God. Why? Because he shed his blood back on Calvary. Therefore, he's acceptable to God. His forgiveness, to forgive, that means to go away from one, to keep no longer what? Our sins. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. His cleansing power. It cleanses us or cleanses us, cleanses us free from the guilt of, guilt of sin to purify from wickedness us from all unrighteousness. When we violate God's law, failure to heed to moral principles. When you confess, God is faithful and just to forgive you. He cleans, but he also cleanses us. And let me say this, and I want you to understand this, and don't take this the wrong way. Just because you're forgiven don't mean you don't need cleansing. And sometimes it takes time to cleanse folks up from sin. The residue of sin. The, what goes on. It takes time. Sometimes people can get it just like that. Some people are going to need some help, y'all. And God has put us in their lives as mature saints to help them in that process. Not to condemn them, but to help them with that process.
Everybody understand that part? I'm forgiven, but I, may, I might need help cleansing. I might need help cleansing because, you know, I might have some residue left over. I might have some residue left over. I love what Jesus said to the woman. He said, hey, I know, I know what you did. Yeah, I know, what you, I know this woman. I know the one with you right now. Yeah, I know you had some more, some more husbands too. But I'm going to help you with that process to clean all that up. Thank God he helped us to clean all that up. Clean all that up. You never need help cleaning stuff, stuff up in your life. Woo. I need help right now. Right now cleaning stuff up in my life. And I appreciate the Holy Spirit being there to clean up stuff out of my life. I want to say this in my closing. Go back to our scripture that we didn't really get to like I wanted to, but we will. Luke 4 and 14. Remember 1 and 2, Luke 4, verse 1 and verse 2. Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit, spirit led into the wilderness to be tempted. He went through the process of three major, or what we consider three, temptations that he dealt with with the enemy. But when he came back, he came back in the power of the Spirit. When he came back from that wilderness experience, he came back in the power of the Spirit. He had strength. He had ability. He had what he needed in order to minister. Because next thing you read about, he taught in the synagogue or taught, his, taught people. And we're going to look at, as we go further, as the Spirit of God leads how we can grab a hold of that power and use it in our everyday life. God will give us power to operate in the spirit as a spirit-led saint. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's message. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your prayer request and testimonies to our website at OCCVR.org. That's OCCVR.org. We would like to invite you to partner with us as we share the gospel all around the world. Just go to our website at OCCVR.org. Click on the Give button to give online. Or you can utilize text to give Text GIVE to the number 770-692-2225. That's 770-692-2225. Join us on our YouTube channel, subscribe to our podcast, and connect with us on social media. We also invite you to join us in a live service. We're located at 3097 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia. Visit our website for more details at OCCVR.org. Until next time, remember, without a vision, the people perish. See you next time for more Heaven Bound with Pastor Richard D. Dobbs of Overcomers Christian Center in Villarica, Georgia.